and yeah, so I it time you know time to ski, and I go, I do my first pass. After my first pass, I'm like, well, he did better than you know in 2017. At least there's <laughs> that you know you didn't fall on your first buoy yet on the finals. So I was like, okay, well, at least that's fine. <laughs> and then uh, then you know, uh, so I started at 14, 13, 12. Um, Right before 11, I, I'm in the water and I'm like, look around, it's, it's cool. Like it could be the last, you know, it could be an important memory for you. Just, yeah. you know, it's, it's a big deal. And so I, I have that picture in my mind now that when I was sitting in the water before going to 11 and, you know, I, Regina had done three at 10-7. Uh, so it was a big score. Yeah. Um, I was like, all right, just breathe in and you know, take time to remember this. All right, welcome back to the Water Ski Podcast episode 20 crazy to think about that you know we've already done 20 of these um but it's cool it's been very well received and uh it's been a pleasure so why not continuing today's episode is with Manokon Star, uh the current world champion in slalom uh, a dear friend and i think one of the most interesting and um ambassador-like figure in our sport. Uh, Mano is super competitor, um, obviously world champion, but also has won the Masters, and is really one of the most competitive competitors that you'll see out there on the water, on the Pro Tour. Um, she'll say a lot of times in, the, in this interview, just go in and don't let go. And I think that's a good um, statement of her commitment to the sport, her commitment to being the best athlete that she can be, and certainly, you know, the force to reckon with right now. Um, just by, you know, simple as that. If you're a world champion, you have that target on on, on your back. Um, but anyway, super cool to share this first part of a two-part interview. And here Manor shares about, you know, her journey, uh, like many other guests, how she got into the sport, some of her early tournaments and been growing up and really being an overall skier until not too long ago. And then noticing, like it often happens, that shift between, okay, this is my event now, and now this is my event. Um, and for her, Slalom actually was the last one in the process. Uh, but I won't spoil her too much. Uh, I'm just so stoked that uh, Mano decided to sit down with me and, and chat. Um, is someone that I really respect in the sport, and um, it was just a true pleasure, true pleasure. Before we jump into that, I just wanted to give a few shout-outs. Um, there has been a lot of podcasting going on in water skiing, which I think is really cool. Uh, naturally, this is the Water Ski Podcast, so any podcast about water skiing, uh, I'm going to geek out on and, and spread the word. So for those of you that uh, are not aware about this, obviously Marcus Brown has his Flowpoint uh, TV on YouTube, 
but he also has a podcast on Apple Podcast where he basically has all the interviews that he has been doing uh, and, and has done over the years. So you can look uh, Flowpoint Podcast on Apple Podcast. Now, there's also Distance from Center. Uh, this is done by John Horton from Ball of Spray and Trent Philanson. And you can find that on the Ball of Spray website. On the right um, top right corner, you can see DFC. Um, so you can click there and see their episodes um, about whatever topic they have in mind that week. And then now a brand new um, podcast that just launched yesterday called Spraymakers. So here is Chris Rossi and Trent Finlinson uh, from what appears to happen going really deep into some ski stuff, right? So uh, they just started their first episode yesterday. I listened to it. I highly recommend it. Um, very, very well done episode. So go and check it out. And uh, yeah, so, you know, don't limit yourself to the Water Ski Podcast. Go out and listen to what the other people are, are doing as well. And then finally, just a quick reminder, if you have partaken into the Thomas Gustafsson Awesomeness Picture Printing uh, Raffle Apple Podcast Contest, uh, we'll be raffling the winner tomorrow on Instagram Live at 3 p.m., uh, so March 4th at 3 p.m. Uh, Florida time, 9 p.m. European time. Get online and see who wins a nice print of uh, Thomas de Gasperi's Saturn picture um, signed by Thomas Gustafson. Okay, pretty long intro. Let's uh, jump into the interview. Enjoy. All right. All right. Mano, welcome Hello. to the Wartelistic Podcast. Thank nice you. to have you here. Thank you. How are you doing? to be here. I'm, uh, I'm good. Really good. Excited to be on the podcast. It's exciting. Well, I'm stoked to have you here, that's for sure. Um, we are here at the boarding school. Uh, we're recording this, what is it, February, mid to late February. Mm -hmm. uh, what's going on with you? Are you skiing? Yeah, I'm skiing. Just started back um, mid-January to okay. you know train for Mumbai again. Uh, so, yeah, just step by step. The beginning of the season is always a bit hard, so... You know, taking your time and trying to be patient and hoping that I can be sort of ready for Mumba. <laughs> okay. Well, I saw you ski yesterday. You seem to me like you're pretty ready. Um, what um, Have you been skiing in Florida? Sort of like getting ready here? Yeah. Yeah. So I came back um, 13th of January, back mm -hmm. to Florida. I had done a month back at home to, you know, take a good break and see a bit of the cold and the snow and the family and the friends. Um, and yeah, so I'm back to back to Florida, skiing at the boarding school and, nice. and training. <laughs> Special place, this, huh? It's great. We've yeah, the the lakes. You know, no matter how windy it is, you're always gonna have a good a good lake to ski on. And uh, yeah, just the conditions. It's is amazing. So very yeah. cool to be here. Good, good. Well, we're gonna kick us off with the usual question: How'd you get into skiing? Well, um, I got into skiing. Thanks to my family, I think it's like the same the same story for a lot of people. Um, it was mainly my dad. We would go to a, to camping site on a, on a big uh, mountain lake in the French Alps, and we'd spend the summers there. We had their caravan, and um, and it was a a club for skiers. So everyone had their boats, everyone had their caravans, and you'd just hang out and go and ski. And it's a, 
beautiful, beautiful place. So I have amazing memories from there. And uh, and I actually started skiing with uh, Marion Eno over there. Ah, okay. Because our, our dads were, were good friends, and so they took the habit to ski together. And so we started, both of us, to uh, skiing together. And uh, it, it was funny. I actually had the, the chance to have my first set recorded on video, and I saw it not so long ago. And I'm just, you know, on, on the on my skis and super excited, just jumping around and like a big smile on my face. And I'm three years old and, you know, just having a good time and, and loving it. So, yeah, that's how I started with my dad loving it. And um, and yeah, he I mean, I, I was born and he after I was maybe two weeks old, he would grab my legs and try to make them move as much as possible to make sure that they were working good, you know, to, to, be, a, to be an athlete of some sport, of, yeah. you know, some, some sort. Um, and yeah, he was big into snow skiing and water skiing. So I started with doing both. Um, and I, I loved both. And I just, you know, had some opportunities to be uh, going to the nationals in, in, in water skiing when I was uh, seven. Okay. For, you know, young category. Um, so I started getting into that, you know, more competitive circle in, in water skiing. And when I was just, you know, uh, 10 to 11, they took me in the first national team to go to my first Europeans. Oh, wow. So it went really quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at first it was just completely for fun um, skiing. You know, my parents never did any tournaments. It was just re- purely recreational. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, just just having fun on the water with the family and friends, and that's how I, that's how I got into it. So, well, you started competing pretty soon. Um, a couple of questions: Do you um, did you leave snow skiing aside, or did you keep doing it? Um, I kept doing it, but very recre- recreationally. Ah, okay. You know, it um, when I was. I was, you know, going every weekend when I was little, for a little while, and being in a club, and um, but yeah, it it pretty quickly went to uh, skiing instead of of snow skiing. Okay, and because also connected to that, because you started competing so young, do you still? It sounds like you have good memories of this, just like fun at the lake with that, just just skiing for fun. Did you carry that through, or was it like, okay, now I compete and that's what I do and man-made lake serious serious yeah well it was a bit of a, of a hard one um it it definitely started with just you know fun and family and then quickly i got in with um a coach it's it was actually my dad's snow ski, snow ski coach that was um part of the water ski federation and i ended up you know water skiing with him and so quickly i was you know, being coached and, and trying to be a bit more serious. And so it was it was still fun, but it became a bit more of, okay, if you don't feel like doing it, you're still going to go because you're training, you know. Yeah. So there was a bit more of a push yeah. um, probably when I started being like, yeah, 10, 10, 11, when I started going to those um, European championships, you know, right. then it was like, okay, you need to, you need to go for it. And, and it was good, you know, it's, I think it's really hard for parents to know when to push or and if to push. Right. Um, it was, yeah, to, to me, it was really helpful because I don't think I would be here if I wasn't pushed at the times that I didn't feel like training because, 
you know, sometimes it's cold. You just want to go and and have fun with your with your friends or whatever, and and not go yeah. and train. And I was tricking, you know, like for. 30, 40 minutes in the call that that's not really necessarily the thing that you want to do. Right. Um, but so, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely happy I was pushed, but I can imagine how hard it is to, you know, balance that, you know, As a you, parent, yeah. you keep the fun for your kid, but at the same time, you want them to um, use their abilities and, and, you know, be as, become as good as they can and not, you know, let go of of something that could be good for them just because they're a bit lazy at some point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, was it, um, when you started skiing with this new coach, um, was like, say your parent, were your parents like heavily involved or were they more like, okay, this is your coach and skiing it's down to him. How, how was that, that transition? They definitely left it down to him. Um, okay. they're like, okay, you know, you're, you're gonna ski with him if you're skiing with him it's he's taking care of it and we're not gonna get in between because that kind of keeps the coach from really doing his job right yeah um but then my mom was still involved she was taking me to you know obviously all the tournaments and and um she would pin for me so she would still spend time in the boat and it was yeah she's she was still there she didn't you know stop looking out after my after my skiing okay um so it was a bit of both but definitely when i was training with with this coach at least at first um yeah they would let him do his job and they would not be you know behind my back nonstop. or yeah which i think is good right mm -hmm. and i've had a chance to talk to other guests about how maybe nowadays that's not the case maybe you have a bit of over involved parents over you know yeah um I think I think that, that that certainly was a good thing that you had going on. You had oh, no yeah, choice, sure. but <laughs> no, I had no choice. But I was lucky for sure because yeah, it it would it would be a bit too hard, I think, to deal with uh, if your parents showed that you you had no choice too much. I yeah. think it would make you back off a little bit and not want to invest so much in in the sport. I think it's it's hard, right? Like you already said, like it's you already seen how hard it would be for a parent to decide when to push and not to push. Now imagine that also involved into your own skiing, it becomes super complicated, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, okay, so 10, 10 11 years old, first European championship. Yeah, yeah, and I, so I was, that coach that I was skiing with was really big into tricking, so really big into teaching me the, you know, the, the right way of tricking. It was a yeah. lot of, you know, repetition of of the same movements and things like that and i ended up uh, winning the european championships under 14 when i was 10 to 11 what um, yeah yeah i didn't know tricks. this yeah that's yeah, yeah. crazy i mean i remember you obviously being a great tricker but i didn't know you were that great that young yeah i was i was really good very young and then when it started coming to having to do flips i was freaked out mm. i was terrified of having to throw a flip so it kind of put you know a, a big a bit of a stop to my to my ski character to my trick skiing just because it you know iris was showing up and she was pushing really hard and she was amazing in in tricks and and i was just taking a bit more time to to keep on um improving mm -hmm. so so yeah yeah my first two years so i was not even you know like 12 yet and i won my first two europeans in in tricks um, what scores like give me an idea of the trick the, scores my very first one i think i did 4650 okay like that. yeah 
I, yeah. So we're talking about like line threes, line five. Yeah, it would be like, yeah, line, line five, back, uh, line back to back, like line wet back to back. Oh, that's, that's a good in, one. Uh, line all and stuff like that. Yeah. And then fives and yeah. Which is funny. Nowadays, those, those, cause I've seen other trickers doing like a few, not many, like line back to back. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, to me, I've always thought like, are you just delaying the flip? Like, can, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, that was exactly the case. <laughs> exactly. And I love those tricks. And I, yeah, I was so terrified. I mean, I spent my, the, the people that were, you know, training me must have been going crazy because I, I spent, you know, sets and sets just doing weight jumps. And they were like, okay, throw it. And I wouldn't. Nope. <laughs> and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't. And I, I would, you know, spend hours doing that. I must have killed them. <laughs> but eventually you but, learned them. Yeah, eventually I learned them and, and I ended up, um, yeah, in the top of my tricks king career, <laughs> I did, I think, 7,600 around there. Wow. So I had That's a good score. Uh, the two regular flips and then the back landing and back to front in the run. And then one time, only one time only, I landed a back to back mob oh, there you <laughs> in go. training. There you go. I was very happy, but then, yeah. That's never a solid made it trick. It never made it to the run. <laughs> no. Yeah, one time wonder doesn't make it to the run. <laughs> no. No, no. Do you remember the set that you learned your first flip? Wow. Um, actually, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I should definitely do because it must have been such a big... Relief. A big you know? step, yeah. But I don't, yeah. I don't. But so, how, so you said you would not throw it. Was it like once you got over the hump of like actually throwing the ski behind you, then you learned it quickly yeah. or even then it was like long process? Well, my, so I didn't learn it the right way. I don't think because it was never my best, you know, my best flip. It mm -hmm. was much more easy for me to do a, a back to front or back landing. Mm -hmm. The regular flip was, you know, I would land on, on my bum and, um, but yeah, once I once I threw it, then it was fine. I wasn't afraid anymore, and I, I don't know how long it took me, but it wasn't it wasn't such Fairly a long time. Yeah. Okay. But it was just yeah the fear. I don't know why I had like a I, I was blocked. I like, was afraid of having my head you know upside down and yeah I don't know. I think it's one of those things in tricks where it's just like a new movement that is nothing compared to what you've done. Yeah. Right, and then you have to get over that hump. Yeah, yeah. Like when I interviewed Adam and Corey, like Adam spoke at length of how, you know, he was already a 10,000 point tricker, but it took him, I believe, like two or three years to learn front flip. He said it's just like a completely different thing and I had no clue, you know? Yeah. There yeah, are some, some yeah, of those humps. You, yeah, you have some those things that you just don't feel comfortable with and I'm sure you just start overthinking it and it just right. hurts it and, right. you know, you're in a bad circle where you... You're just hurting it more and more. <laughs> well, I feel I can relate to you because I feel our PBs are very similar. <laughs> very and nice. 7,980. Yeah. Very, oh, you bit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and like it wasn't pretty, trust me. And uh, and it took me three years to learn my first flip. Oh, really? Yeah. And I learned it with Kiko at the Gasparis Lake, uh, basically skiing next to him, which really? was really cool. Like he said, okay, you've been trying it. I, I, I never had the, the fear of throwing it. But I just couldn't do it, you know, like for years. And in the meantime, Nicholas learned six. Like we were started no learning flips oh, together yeah. and he learned six. It was bad. And then what helped me was like we skied together and he said, okay, try to look at it from here. And after three tries, I sort of landed it, major celebration, you know, like it, was, it was cool. It's That's one cool. of those cool moments, you know.
Yeah, I can imagine that must be really cool. Yeah, and just seeing hours. it from a different perspective, you yeah. know, you kind of understand it better. I actually had a set where um, Clem Lucin mm-hmm. did that for me. She showed me how to, because I could land it, but it was just a bad flip. Right. So she just went underwater with me and showed it to me just in front of me. It's cool. It didn't. It didn't fix my flip. But <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. But it's, yeah, I know. It's uh, it's funny how in tricks like you have eventually you start thinking very creatively right like you're like okay how are we gonna get to this or you know Mm -hmm. nice so we start as trick skier right when and obviously right now you're you're a slalom skier when did slalom start to become i don't know i don't want to say prevalent but when you start seeing like slalom was getting better and better well honestly pretty late um and i was lucky to have really some really good coaches um I so the, the first you know guy that I trained with was really big into tricking so mm-hmm. that's you know that was why I think I was better at tricking at first and then I started skiing with um, Damien Akerer, mm-hmm. um amazing three discipline coach and he really helped me develop really my my overall you know um, so really motivating in trick uh, jump and slalom and actually before before slalom taking over jump took over tricks you know i was never that amazing at slalom when i was when i was doing tournaments i would do good in training and i would always fight and and never really let go but in in tournaments i could just you know follow my second pass at Mm -hmm. europeans it was just you know not much um yeah it was not it was not great (laughs) right so um and I just ended up liking jumping quite a lot. Got, got motivated and I, you know, I won the Junior World Championships in jump in 2000, uh, 2008. Oh, there you go. Where yeah. were they? In Peru. Peru. Yeah. I yeah. actually, Jacinta was skiing and I'm super proud. <laughs> that you beat Jacinta yeah. the Junior Worlds. Dude, that's yeah, big. She's much younger because, you know, so that's, that's the reason. Um... But yeah, it's it's a funny thing because I mean, she's obviously the most amazing uh, female jumper that you've seen in skiing, and and you know, so yeah, it's my little pride. Yeah, <laughs> you should you should be proud. <laughs> so yeah, so I went from trick skiing to you know overall skiing and and mostly jump, um, and then little by little, same thing you know depending on the coaches that I had and and the, you know the, the 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 year that I had. Uh, I ended up winning the Europeans Open Championships in Slalom in 2011, and that was the first um, the first time I ever ran 10.7. No, sorry, 11. Yep. And uh, that was at that tournament, and I did two at 10, and it was the best you know set of my life. Right. I was super excited, and uh, and yeah, the girls. It was there was there was a. Nicole Alter, um, Anais Ahmad, Claire Liz Alter, and they, they were skiing after me, and I guess they were, you know, not expecting me to, Run to you know, it, it was my yeah. PB of three boys, so, yeah, so anyway, so that's kind of the point where I was like, okay, I can run 11, and I, I you know, was so excited to, to have become European champion, um, and so I started getting a bit more serious about slalom skiing and I was already serious, you know, before that, but it really boosted my motivation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But so 2008, 
world junior champion in slalom, that's why in jump. And then, so you were like 20 when you won Europeans. 19, uh, 20. Yeah, well, I was 20. Yeah, yeah 2011. Wow, that's I young. I was 20. That's mm -hmm. young. For an event that technically wasn't yours, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was slowly becoming, you know, my main, yeah, my main event, but it was not yet for sure yeah yeah so it was more of an overall skier you know i was i was going there to ski for the team and i i was you know good in all three but i was definitely there no one was expecting me to do good like that in in Salem for sure did you place in overall as well at those europeans um yes i came second wow mm -hmm. second in overall first in slalom that's yeah. a strong showing mm -hmm. you know that's awesome yeah. yeah no it was a good tournament it was a really good year for me that um and actually I, it was my i think last europeans in under 21 because the the ones after were in the middle of i think it was in in south africa or something so i mm -hmm. ended up not going um and it was in sesenia and i remember i won slalom um jump overall and i placed second or third in tricks so it was a, a crazy year for me it was wow. really really cool really cool year that just got me okay i'm i i need to get you know serious and well i was already obviously serious but it was really good motivation to continue and keep trying <laughs> yeah i know it makes and i think it's i think and we'll get to more recent achievements later on but i think it's probably one of the reasons why you've been so successful because you didn't see that as like okay i've made it but you saw okay what's next yeah what's next well, you know and that's 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 important for an athlete, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, I was always like that, just trying to push more and more and not really being satisfied with what I was doing. In training, I was being really hard on myself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, I really needed coaches that were patient, but, but positive. Yeah. Because I was already negative enough for, you know, I was critical and, and well, critical. I, I would... Um, I would be hard and tough on myself, so yeah. I needed someone to motivate me and, and to be, you know, make it more fun. Because if not, I would just, you know, go yeah. have too much, um, too much um, wish to do better and never really be satisfied with how it was going. Yeah, kind of like always seeing what really didn't work and not really noticing what worked, and you know, having yeah. someone to help you notice that something is actually going well, right? Yeah, exactly. That that was the kind of of coach that I needed. <laughs> Let's go back to Europeans. 2011, you win slalom. Tell us where it was, how you were seated. Give us a bit of the story. So it was in Norway. Um, it was freezing. <laughs> yes, it was. It I remember was that Europeans. It was really cold, yeah. And um, I can't remember exactly where I was seated, but uh, definitely not at the end. You know, I was not... Um, I was not part of the, of the best skiers at the time, really, or... You know, not consistently, at least. Um, and yeah, and you know, every every tournament that I do, and I think I've always been like that. I don't really think about what other people have done, what mm -hmm. scores I need to do, who I need to beat. I just, I'm I'm on the water for myself, and I try and 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 focus and be like, okay, I'm gonna give 100%, and I'm going to you know do what I know how to do you know what yeah. i know to do best and um and try and and 
surpass myself more than trying to you know focus on on beating anyone so it's more of a and just like in training more of a competition with myself um which our sport allows it to do right we have buoys we have time in tricks we have meters like you can do that actually yeah you know yeah it's not that's easy what's to do. great yeah. yeah i love that because you don't have to it doesn't have to be about anyone else it can it can just be Okay, I'm. I my goal is to be as good as I can, I think I can be, and I'm gonna try and yeah. do everything I do for that. So yeah, so for those Europeans, I had no pressure because I had already, you know, skied well in overall. I had done my job for the team. Um, I was like, okay, well, you're here. There, you know, it's. It was my second Open Europeans. Okay. Um, so I was like, yeah, practice. Those girls are amazing. Just do whatever you can do and, and don't let go. And I guess I, I skied really well. I skied the best I've ever, I, I had ever skied, you know. And, um, but yeah, I was definitely really focused. And I knew that I could run 11. Uh, I had been doing it in training. And I remember the night before I was in my bed and, and kind of, you know, picturing myself skiing and really, you know, being like, yeah, I think I, I can ski well and, you know, really mm -hmm. seeing it in my mind. And and then on the dock, I was just like, okay, well, go for it. And, and I did. And it worked out really well. I was really, really, really happy. Just, and, you know, I just coming out of the water, you know, I don't think I was even on the podium yet. There was no, I, I had no clue. Um, a lot, a lot of skiers left. So happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was at least Nicole, Clarice, and, and Anais left. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy just because it was my PB and I had done it at Europeans and it was so cool. And so it was happiness of having skied well for myself. Right. Already. You know, right away. So that was that was really cool. It was a big moment for me. Yeah, no, as you should. Um, so you said you, you found yourself like visualizing your, you know, your day after. Do you visualize a lot even to, to this day? Like, do you use imagery to see your performances i um i fell in my preparation for tournaments in in the fact that in the you know i, I only do it right before the finals most mm -hmm. of the time okay um and i should definitely do it more often but when i'm yeah and sometimes before the the prelims too but i i don't do it ever when i'm training okay um I if I if I do it it's because I haven't skied in forever or if it or it's because I'm really trying to figure something out and and working on a very specific movement or something like that but so you want to see it you want to feel it yeah 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 sense. and try to or if if I'm really struggling I'm gonna try and think about it and see where it's going wrong and and try and and for it to play fluidly in my mind before I, I go on the yeah. water um and and yeah I'm it has a huge importance, I think, in, in high skiing in tournaments. Um, and I should definitely push that a little bit more. And that, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, I mean, it's one of the mental skills that athletes use, you know, and I think in skiing is, especially because we don't get to do a lot of reps, you know, like I talked about it with Marcus all the time. Like, even if you're in your best physical shape, how many sets? You're going to do two, maybe three sets a day? I mean, you know, it's not like golf where you can go in the driving range and throw a thousand balls to work on your on your swing. You know, like we don't have that in skiing. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to find other ways to be able to practice about, about exactly. you know, all of this this time that you're 
sitting here and kind of uh, trying to recover from your sets on the water, then yep. and you can't you can't keep training. So yeah, for sure, it's a, it's a great tool to use. Um, Sweet. No, yeah. sorry. Little parentheses. Obviously, you know I'm a yeah, yeah, sports yeah. psychology student, so you know I wanted. <laughs> I was curious. Um, all right, and tell me, like, that was your. That sounded like your first big win in slalom, right? Uh, Europeans are generally in the summer. Twenty eleven, there was Worlds. Was that before or after Worlds? Do you remember? Uh, it was before under twenty one Worlds. Okay, so you know there was also Dubna that year, twenty eleven. It wasn't it two thousand ten? No, yeah. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How well, was the rest I, of the year? Like, were you were you riding on a high? What what was that feeling after winning Europeans? It was the end of my season, and I actually had the under twenty one Worlds in mm-hmm. Lausanne, um, and I was exhausted because yeah. I had done you know that those. Um, under 21 Europeans in Cesena and then I went you know to uh, obviously there was Dumna and then I went to uh, to Norway um, so it was a lot of tournaments in a row in which I had done really well and I think it was just a week after um, the Open Europeans I had to to do that you know tournament the Worlds in uh, in Mozak and I was exhausted and I came second in, in Slalom um, and I crashed in jump really big, really, oh, really big time, a really big crash on my uh, on finals, on my first jump in finals. It was the last set. You know, I, I had done the tricks. I had done the slalom of the tournament. It was the last set. I was like, okay, go for it. I had nothing to give. <laughs> <laughs> I just went forward and, and took a big, big crash. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember I was exhausted. It was a big year. There was a lot of tournament that year. So, and, yeah, I had done really well, and I think I had a, a big... Uh, a, a big down right after it yeah yeah you know, a bit of exhaustion of of a big summer so yeah so yeah you finish the summer you have the winter right were you already living in the u.s at the time yeah i started um january 2011 so it was actually you know the year that i first started skiing in florida oh. um obviously you know it, it could be linked to a good year and yeah. it you know it probably helped a lot um, so yeah, I went back to the U.S. I was in school at Florida Southern at the time. Yeah. So I did the the college eight, you know, skiing. But yeah, took it. I don't think I did any other, you know, um, big tournaments that year. Yeah. Or record tournaments or anything. Just college eight because because I I was there, you know, with the team and everything. But I took it easy. Yeah. No, I guess. So yeah, you got back. You did some collegiate skiing, and then you had winter with no events. Like, what was the thinking like? Like sort of like shit now i'm a slalom skier or like no but my slalom is better like you know you obviously were a european champ yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well i i kept seeing myself as a as an overall skier okay for sure yeah okay. um and i was still i still loved jumping um i still you know came second in in overall so to me there was no question of okay i'm, I'm gonna let go of the other of the other events i was yeah, it, it was awesome. I hope I, you know, I can keep improving in slalom, and that was really cool. Um, I decided that I should go to some pro tournaments the next year. Okay. Um, Seems start, appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my my first, you know, experience with pro tournaments in 2012. Um, but yeah, I kept on training on on all three. Okay. 
And when did you sort of had the switch where you sort of said, okay, slalom? Um, well, so I did, I finished my, my school um, in Florida end of 2012. Um, I had done a year of pro tournaments that I really enjoyed in, in, in slalom. And I was jumping too at those ones, like such tournaments such as, you know, Malibu Open. I would go and slalom and jump. Ah, there you go. Um, and I would crash and jump. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so that kind of made me feel like, okay, well, you should maybe, you know, if you're going to have some chances to do something in slalom, maybe don't destroy yourself with, with jumping. Jump. But I, I still love jumping. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing it. And, and I was jumping well, you know. Um, and then I went to Monroe mm -hmm. for my master's. Um, and there I started skiing you know, a bit more with Freddie um, yeah. and getting a bit more into, okay, it's cool to slalom, we can help each other. And it, it was actually fun um, to do that. And, and I think I learned a lot by having to think about my slalom skiing on my own instead of having coaches telling me, okay, yeah, you should yeah. do this, you should work on this. And so I started understanding a lot more you know, about my technique and about the things that I should change and, you know, a lot more reflection going on, yeah. which I actually really enjoyed. And I thought it was really cool to be in a boat and have a conversation with the person in the boat and not just, you know, I'm not saying that it was always like that with my co other coaches, but I needed to understand what I was doing because there was no one that was going to explain to me, okay, yeah, you did this wrong and that's why you're not skiing well. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a massive transition. I mean, um, it's a, it's a bit of a different thing, right? Like you have some coaches that are more like talkative, some coaches that are more like, okay, do this and do that. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And then you have some coaches that don't even ask that question. But when you're alone, <laughs> there's no other choice. <laughs> you have to learn how to assess, okay, this was good. This was not good. I'm going to work on this next time, right? And yeah. it's a big transition. It's not easy. Yeah, it was, it was not easy, but it was fun. It was That's fun. Cool. I had a really good time there. We had a great team. We had a lot of people that were involved and we all tried to help each other as much as we could. Um, so, so yeah, it was definitely a, gr a great place to be at for such a uh, yeah, transition where you go from always skiing with, with coaches that know so much about the sport that you can just rely on them and mm -hmm. you just, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to listen to what you say to, oh, all right, um, I'm on my own here. I've got people that, you know, are here to help, but they're not going to tell me what to do. I need to, and I, I love that. I think it's a great experience. And I think, you know, as much as you need, you know, for your development and for the early years, you need really great coaches. And I think it's super important. Yeah. At, the, at some point, you need to learn how to break away from it and, and to be able to, be self-sufficient right like you because yeah. you go to a tournament you're by yourself in the water if you have a really bad first pass what do you do you're not gonna go in the boat and be like hey what should i do different you know or where should i pull out for my gate it's very windy there's crosswind and i don't know how to deal with it no you have to be confident enough in in your knowledge in what you what you do every day and yeah. you know to be able to to deal with all this in tournaments yeah, there's a lot of sides to that. I, I think it's, a, it's such an important transition for an athlete and it's hard for the coaches, right? Uh, and I had a very good conversation on the podcast with Jay where he said that as he was becoming a better coach, he realized the athletes started to depend on him 
but then obviously athletes had to go to tournaments and he had a ski school so he couldn't really travel all the time so then the challenge became as a coach how do i make them more independent yeah and i think not a lot of coaches are in tune with that right for whatever reason um but well, I, I understand it's their job you know they want to they want to be there and they i'm sure some of them don't necessarily want you know the the people that they coach to just not need them all of a sudden yeah, you know so it, it's a bit hard but at the same time it's the way it's meant to go you know you you're gonna help someone reach a really high potential or like as much of their potential that you know they can reach and you're gonna you're gonna start focusing on some other athlete that needs also you know help for all this you know important time yeah. in in their you know athlete's career and and you just need to give you know the older one the tools to do it on his own and not you know depend as much on i think it, i think it's how you finish your job as a coach really if you finish your job as a coach you know by your athlete being dependent on you i, I feel like it's it's a big shame yeah. you know i think it you know maybe a quarter of the job is also to teach them how to understand what they're doing yeah. um, so that they can take it to another level for sure no i agree i agree and so you have that coach, that part of of the equation in terms of the athletes become more independent that is more coaching side but then you have the athlete side and i'm curious to hear because obviously i went through that as well when i went to college and i went to louisiana lafayette so I think my experience was a little bit different than yours. You were in Florida. You could still go and ski with Coach X, Coach Y. I had the opportunity to go to Bennett's often, and I'm very grateful for that. But my day-to-day skiing was alone. And I grew up skiing with a coach or multiple coaches. And I struggled. Like, I eventually learned to enjoy the process. But my first year or two, I was really, like, struggling with my skiing. Did you struggle as well, or like did your skin keep going up in that transition? Well, I think it might have. Um, I struggle. I, I think I struggled to be motivated on my own. Okay. I guess I had no one pushing me. I mm-hmm. think that's what I missed the most. Because um, at first, I mean, for sure, it was hard. And and I remember I would go back to Florida and spend a, a little bit of time with with you know Boris at the time and and I would you know have it, w- it was important for me to have someone at some point telling me okay you need to do this yeah um but so the transition was like okay I'm struggling a little because I'm I don't really know how to deal with coaching myself or or you know having no one that is that knows exactly or that I can trust on a person to know what I should be doing uh, but at the same time once in a while I would still have that so it was a, an easy way to to tr- you know do that transition because i would have some weeks where i would have to you know work on it myself and then one week where i would okay this you know these are the goals these are the right. things that you you know the key things right. that you need to think about and then i would bring that back and and work on it myself and so it was progressive yeah, kind of like yeah it was progressive yeah that's cool but i did struggle with i think being motivated to trick and, and jump. Uh-huh. The slalom was good. You know, I was, I was king. I had a lot of people around me that, you know, were into slaloming. Um, the jumping and tricking, I, I, yeah, it was a little less. It was a little less and little by little, I kind of let go. And plus, you know, you're jumping for college eight, so you, tr- you try and train at five foot and it makes it a bit different. So yeah, that in that way, 
you know, I, I think, yeah, it, it was a bit being less pushed yeah. was probably something that I was missing or being more pushed. Yeah. Something like part of that difficulty with that transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, so here we're what you were in Monroe. It's about like 2012, 2013, 2013. Well, I did 2014 and 2015 in Monroe. Actually. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I finished end of to 2012 um, in in Florida Southern. Then I took a year. I, I did some internships in France and then a year off for college yeah. at King, right? When you transfer the, from one team to the other. And then 2014 and 2015 in Monroe. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. And um, so by then you were already doing some pro tournaments, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I did my first pro tournament in 2012. Uh, we had soaked. We had right. Malibu Open. Uh, I was doing the Rocketman. I did it in in slalom in jump. Sorry. Um, so yeah, little by little, I started, you know, getting in in on the pro tour. And it was fun. It was. I think that's what motivated me too to keep pushing on slalom and a little bit less of the rest because. You know, two years in a row at Malibu Open, I crashed um, in jump. I was like, look, you can't hurt yourself and, and then try and go slalom and, and do well. Um, I remember one year we had uh, the tournament in Canada right after right after uh, Malibu Open, and I mm-hmm. had just crashed. And, you know, you spend so much money, and, and I had good chances, in, I had better, better chances in slalom than in jump. Okay. So... Little by little, yeah, it just came that way um, with focusing more on slalom and, you know, trying to be safe in jump instead of pushing the limit in jump. Right. So it gives you a different perspective, right, in your training. You, if you just want to be safe, you're not going to go and jump crazy distances. Right. So I think it was, yeah, it, it came that way. Kind of like progressive transition mm-hmm. out and yeah. caring more, like going starting to do pro tour tournaments and wanting to do well and then you had this thing that i'm guessing you were still enjoying to some extent but was kind of in the way almost the the actually the last year i ever jumped i loved it the most because i was very safe uh-huh. i would do a lot of just even uh three-quarter cuts mm-hmm. you know and and i remember it was the world it was 2015 world in mexico um, I jumped close to 50 meters, uh, you know, in a three quarter wow. being super safe, super easy. Nothing could ever happen to me. I felt so good. It, it was awesome. That feeling, you know, of, of going and, and jumping and still doing good and just having like a great rhythm, um, still having the adrenaline before the ramp, obviously, cause you're yeah. still pushing a little bit, but it just felt easy and safe and, you know, such good sensation. I mean, it's jumping, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's I, I miss it a lot. But yeah, so that last year, it, it was all in the rhythm and all in efficiency. And I loved it. I yeah. loved it. And then I started hurting my back and I was like, okay, all right, just slalom. Stop, you know, messing around with all the rest <laughs> and... And yeah, just try and give as much as you can to slalom and see where it can where it can go. And so yet another transition, right? How was the first year just slaloming? So the first year just slaloming, um, what year was it? It was 2016. 
Well, it was pretty good. I can't remember how, you know, it, I went to San Gervasio and I, I won. Yep. 2016, I ran, I did the European record. I ran, you know, 10.7 for the first time. On a ski uh, was that wasn't yours. On a ski that wasn't mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That was no, that was such a cool, such a cool year. Um, actually, so 2016 started by me just being done with my masters. Yeah. Um, so moving back to Florida, uh, training, still thinking about about jumping. Ah, okay. Um, so I I signed up for Mumba for jump and slalom. Uh, freaked out at Mumba, at Mumba for jump. I was terrified. Really? <laughs> I think the, you know, the ramp felt huge. And I think maybe I was training on the ramp that was a bit too low. And I just showed up there and there was rollers and you couldn't do your double cuts. And the ramp felt, you know, super big. And oh, I was terrified. So that's the last tournament I ever did in, in jump. Mm-hmm. Um, plus my back was hurting a little bit too at that time. I was, I was trying to manage everything. So yeah, so I came... Uh, second at my first Mumba um, with Whitney, we had a good fight. Actually, we that, it was so much fun. You know, it was it was it's such a cool event that you know Melbourne, the Yara, the first tournament of the year. So early, you you're, you're I don't think you can have much more stress than that. You know, that first set that you go on there, you're like, well, I've heard a lot of people fall. You know, around the first buoy of the first pass. <laughs> right. What am I gonna do? <laughs> So a lot of pressure, but such a cool ambience around that, you know, it, it was really fun. And it was fun because it worked out for me too. You know, I of had course. a good experience and, and came second. And I think we both ran 11, 38. And, uh, and I think I did half at 39 and she did one and a half or something like that. And don't, you know, quote, well, you can quote me on this, but I'm not 100% sure of this course, but I think it was around those lines. Um, yeah, so I mean, high level skiing. Yeah. You know, like for first time Mumba, you made it to the final, which is already impressive. You ran 38. I mean, that's that's high level skiing. Yeah. First yeah, Moomba. it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah, good. I I really like that place. It's it's fun. Um, so yeah, so that was the first tournament of the year. After that, I left my jump skis on the side. <laughs> I was like, see you later. Um, I did not say hi again. <laughs> But, uh, and then, yeah, then Masters, uh, Swiss, you know, it was, it started being the, the routine, the, the, yeah. yeah, the, the proto that we have now and, and San Gervasio, San Gervasio, the, you know, one of the <laughs> most stressed story that, you know, I could have, um, show up, you know, without my ski bag, you know, the airline company just lost it. They lost it for a week. So I arrived and I was like, okay, well, I'm can someone please help me out and and so I borrowed everyone was amazing actually you know I I could borrow um boots uh handles gloves uh, even you know a ski I I got a ski from someone else and and I you know every every set you know after the first prelims it was like okay well I'm gonna you know move the fin to this and and Freddie was helping me helping yeah. me a ton with it um he would watch me ski and then I would come back. I did not know how to set up a fin at that time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so he was of a big help. I would come back and he was like, yeah, watch you ski. Let, let's do this and let's move this. And, and then I would ski again. I was like, yeah, you know. Better. Better. And it was funny, you know, you go on the water, you're 
on equipment that you've never skied on before, even you know the dining, the even the bathing suit. I had nothing, you know. <laughs> oh, what, nothing. Nothing at all. And and you pull out for the gate, and just even in the pull out and the way you glide, and before the turn, you already start start adapting because you can feel so much already, and and you're so focused on what your ski is doing because everything is different. Right. That your brain. It was pretty cool because you know your brain goes 100 miles an hour and you're adapting you're you're taking everything you know from everything that you can from you know just even a pull out and you're trying to get the inv- information in to be able to ski you know yeah. i didn't know if i was going to fall on my first buoy you know it, it, Look, it was i remember i remember naturally how obviously stressed out you were that the ga- during the gala dinner right like oh that was the God. first dinner where we did okay bib ceremony like i don't know man and uh, a funny story about that was that you actually used two different skis because yeah. you started using claire lee's who was using a kind of similar ski as yours same size yeah. same so size she was, we were both on a 66 so it was monte carlo skis we were both on the 66 so was, and she was so nice to you know yeah. let me use it which at the time the two of you because you won in 2015 as well mm-hmm. right so the two were you, you were the only two champions of the tournament because she won 14 you yeah. won 15 15 and then as things started developing with the skiing i remember telling freddie dude what if they end up heading, being head to head one against the other and sure enough it to head. and even if we're not against one another i mean you can't just change yeah, skis on top like, of this you know, exactly it's so it was a big mess. So yeah, the whole struggle of finding another ski begins again. And uh, and I got a ski from, you know, she was so sweet. It was a Monte Carlo still, uh, but a 65, so the size down. And and yeah, that was, it was scary, but it worked out. And it worked out. And every step I would, you know, with Freddie change a little bit and I would adapt more. And, and um, I ended up running 10, you know, in the very very last round of the head to head and that was so cool i was so happy it was it was you know a huge roller coaster because i was freaked out the whole weekend so much stress but at the same time you're so focused when you're skiing because okay you're stressed when you're outside of the water but then you get on the dock and you're like well i've got to do this there is no question so you just go for it and you you go from freaking out to being 100 percent at what you're doing so it's exhausting and then just you know having that as a as a result it was so cool yeah Uh, it was was unbelievable that was like probably the the tournament it was our third year and we had a lot of success i think freddie and nate ran 41 five times combined and but obviously your story was the one that made it on the magazine cover remember that year and it was just like unbelievable you know it was was crazy moment um but i guess what i wanted to ask you in terms of that first season I mean, obviously, you had a lot of success, but it was more like the day-to-day, right? Because the life of an overall skier is different than the life of a slalom skier in terms of, like, how much you have to be at the lake and, and all of that. Did you notice that difference? I definitely noticed it, especially since it was my first year that I wasn't in school, too. All know? right, So yeah. I had so much time on my hands. Yeah. Um, honestly, I went a bit crazy at first. <laughs> yeah, right, understandable. It was hard. It was really hard to adapt to okay, what am I doing? What, you know, yeah, there was a lot of time to to fill. Um, So I think, you know, the spring was a bit rough because Mm -hmm. I was in Florida, I couldn't do much. Um, And, you know, right before Mumba, well, you get, you you have that goal. 
But right after Mumbai, there's a bit more time and there's a bit of a down, you know, period and, and don't really know what to do. And yeah, so it was, and I was never big on going to the gym either. So mm -hmm. that wouldn't, you know, take me any time. Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I had a lot of time on my hands and I was, Uh, at Swiss taking care of, of the house. Uh, we had uh, some Koreans uh, in the house, so I was just cooking and doing the, you know, doing the, um, just helping out, helping right. running the house and doing what I could to, to keep busy. Um, so that was a bit of a hard time, but then it went to the summer and we had all the tournaments and, you know, I'm, I'm in Lacano in the summer and I you don't get bored there. It's okay. such a cool place, you know, you... Like I know, so it's west coast of France, um, close to Bordeaux. You, you've got the ocean. You, I have my family there. We have a house there on the lake. Uh, I've got friends there, and just you know, everything. Everything is great. It's right. kind of the dream um, destination for me. So, so that you know went well, and and it was fine. But yeah, it was definitely hard to all of a sudden. You know, not only just becoming a three-event skier, but, the, you know, one event, but also not having classes, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, being like, okay, well, I'm I'm deciding to invest myself 100% and try and, and see if I can be a pro skier. Yeah. Um, so that's the goal, and it's fine, it's good. And, and you know, I, I had decided that, so it was my, you know, it was going to be how at least one year would go, and I would see, you know, if I liked it or not. Uh, so it was not too much not knowing, you know, why I had so much time. I knew that it was going to be like that. I was okay. expecting it. But it, it was it was a bit of a of a strange one to get used to. Yeah, no, and you had, yeah, like the, you, you, you stopped overall and you stopped school. Like that's a big chunk of your day at the lake, a big chunk of your day in general. You can see how that, that's a bit, you know, well, yeah, like unstabilized, unstabilizing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and you come from uh, skiing college aid, so having, you know, your team around nonstop and, and all, never being alone and always having, if you're not skiing and if you're not in school, you're hanging out with your teammates and you can yeah. just, you know, it's a small campus, Monroe, so you can just go and knock on someone's door and you show up and it's all good. And you get to Florida and you're like, well, it, yeah, it's not like that here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that, that started missing, but... It, you know it's growing up and it's life and it changes and and it you know i'm i definitely do not regret doing it because of course you know it it was such a good experience and i got to travel and do all those tournaments and have fun and i was doing well at them so i i was super lucky i was you know having a really good time yeah yeah i think Yeah, like uh, you chase your own luck, right? So like you were lucky, but because you worked so hard and you had this big goal in mind, um, and certainly you've been like one of the forces to be reckoned with at every tournament since then, right? Um, let's talk worlds, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we should. Um, so you're the current world champion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wish we had a camera just to see your smile right now. Um, but we go audio at the Waterski podcast. Um, all right, so tell me, tell me about Worlds. How you were skiing before? How was it there? Um, Give us the story. Yeah, so I, you know, I had some um, back issues again this this year or last year. Um, so right before Worlds, and actually right before European. So it was a few months before Worlds. I had to take uh, a few weeks off mm -hmm. completely off from skiing 
because um, I injured my back again. And it scared me a little because I had done that right before the 2017 Worlds. You ah. know? And so, I, you know, at those Worlds, just for the story, I just ended up falling on my first buoy on my first pass of the finals. Ah, yeah, that's um, right. And, and then I had to take five months off, you know, for my back because, you know, I had a... I tried to push it, it didn't hold, and, and then it was just, you know, a big mess. So I realized that my back was hurting again, and I started, you know, being a bit worried about it. But I knew that I wasn't going to make the same mistake that I had done two years, you know, before that. I was not going to, you know, just stop for two days and then try and ski again and, and try and yeah, push it and yeah. think that it was whole, it was going to hold. So I decided to be super careful with it. I went to see the doctors, and I... And I, you know, took time off right away. And in the end, it actually helped me a ton because I took some time off skiing. So I lost some time, all right. But I had a team, an amazing team of, of you know, a doctor and, and a physio behind me that would help me, you know, just get stronger and, and you know, push me to go to the gym and, and really told me what was wrong, what I should do and how I should, you know, heal up, first of all. And then all of the preparation, you know, for, for my muscles to to compensate the fact that my back was a bit weak at the time. And, and they ended up being so, so good to me in a way that after a month of that, I've, I felt as strong as I had ever felt. Wow. And by far, you know, and, yeah. and it was, it was, yeah, it was so good. Um and you know my back healed up in three to four weeks just as what they said uh just in time to do europeans so i had europeans um you know a week after starting skiing again did really well and and then kept on doing that training for my back you know i would do two hours of gym before every set like uh, an hour and a half wow you know? yeah i was you know for two hours at the physio so it would be an hour an hour and a half of proper workout then you know, stretching and, and massages or whatever, you know, like, you know, I needed at the time. And then I, I would, I think, have lunch, take a nap because I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, warm up again a little bit and have my one ski set of the day. So, also, okay. So it was gym in the morning with massages, stretching, yeah. everything you need to do. Eat, nap, ski. Yeah. That's a and life. so that was like that for... You know, I guess the month before, 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 Mumbai, before Worlds, um, it did felt like Mumbai. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you mean there? <laughs> I'll get to that. Okay. But yeah. So so yeah. So you know, incredible people behind me that helped me get strong. Um, the fact that you all of a sudden are threatened not to be able to ski makes you motivate. Makes you you know, so motivated to make everything that you can to be able to ski. Mm -hmm. And so you get an extra motivation that is in you and that, you know, you give even more um, just because you couldn't. Um, and it was only three weeks. It was not a big deal, but still it, it motivated me a lot more. Um, so very motivated to get better physically. Uh, and then on the water, I think since I was every day doing exactly the same thing and the same routine and being so focused and and you know really trying to make every set count as much as possible because yeah. i knew i couldn't ski twice um the time that i spent on the water was really good and i ended up training and 
in training I, I had never and I still have it was my best month of training the score wise and you know at, at the end it was going up and up and up and the week before leaving I you know I would run 10 at every set wow there was you know I don't think I had a, a set where I didn't run it well I would you know not I I would do two of them for example I could miss the first one or run the first one and then try one again and miss you know one yeah, yeah, but, but you, I would run one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I would do some ten to fives, which I never really did that much before because I just wanted to, you know, be better at ten seven. Um, and at ten to five, I was trying to go around two quite often, often as often as it can be. You know, it was, right. it felt like often for me at least. And uh, and I remember the last set I had training before before taking the flight to uh, to Malaysia was. You know, I get to two at ten to five, and I kind of I fall and I wrap myself in the rope, and I'm in the water waiting for the rope to like tighten up, and I'm like, oh my god, did I? Am I just gonna hurt myself right before like last set, last <laughs> right. pass, last buoy before going to Worlds? And it ended up being okay. It just like you know went through when it kind of scratched me, but it was it was all good. So a little bit of a okay, calm down, just. Stop skiing, go to world now. <laughs> yeah, you're ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I felt ready, you know, physically ready, training, I felt ready. And then you go there and you're like, okay, now what you've done before is good. Now you need to make sure that, that mentally you're prepared and that yeah. you're not going to, you know, get overexcited because you're skiing well and you feel strong and, you know, you need to stay focused and, and all of this. Um, so I show up there and I do my first training set and I run five buoys at my first pass. <laughs> there you go. Good start. Because, <laughs> yeah, it was super rolly. We had some ferries going, you know, and it was training. They hadn't stopped. Uh, so right. it was, oh, my God. At the end, you know, when I stopped, because I didn't fall. I just couldn't go to six yeah, because I was so late. Turn five late, couldn't get to yeah. six. So we stopped at the end. And I'm raging. <laughs> I'm like, I've spent so much time training. I know I can ski very well. And I'm here and I and I can't even run my first pass. What is this? You know? Yeah, right. So that was, you know, 10 seconds of raging. And then you go again and I you adapt. And, you know, when you have no choice, you have to do it. And okay, so you, you just get in the mood where you try and, and not think about the fact that it's scary and it's bad conditions and it could be dangerous you know yeah. you're just like okay well you need to understand how it works to you know do as good as you can at worlds so i did my you know four passes of training um and then i had three more sets you know two more sets a bit on a different part of the of the lake not at the spot of the of the worlds oh uh, yeah because it was another part of the lake yeah. where you guys could train yeah mm -hmm. so so i did another two sets there um and during one set, I had a little bit of a of a click, you know, where I was like, okay, if I if I feel, you know, I, I I kind of felt that there was a mood that I could be in, in which I was not letting the roars or the boat or anything hurt my skin, and I I was, or at least it would take more um, of a of a you know, bad boat path or, or of a bad water 
-hmm. to make me fall. And mm -hmm. I felt like I, I could mentally be a lot stronger and and um, have a much better result on the water. And so that happened the day before pre uh, prelims. So on a, on a practice set. Yeah, on a practice set. So is it was it more like a, an attitude that you discovered or something more technical? Well, I did really bad on one part. I didn't run on 11. Okay. And it really pissed me off. Yeah. And then the next 11, I ran it and it was easy. I was like, okay, you need to be pissed off. Well, you need to be in that mindset before you go and ski. Yeah. Because, you know, nothing could happen on the second one. And I was like, and I talked about it with... Um, with the doctor that we have uh, mm -hmm. in France. And I was like, okay, how can you warm up you mentally just so that you're more ready? Yeah. And, and that was super quick. You know, it was the day before the tournament, but it still helped too. And that was part of, you know, I felt strong physically. I felt like I was technically good um, at that time, you know, and, and mentally that helped. Yeah. Um, so I had those three things. And so I went, I went that day and I, you know, for the prelims and I just felt strong and I was like, I'm not letting go of anything and I'm not scared and I'm just a hundred percent at what I'm doing. And it's not because there is a wake and it's not because there is anything that I'm going to fall. I'm just going to, you know, not letting it, not let it affect me at all. Yeah. I had decided it wasn't going to affect me. So obviously it affects you. Yeah, but, of course. But I was ready to react and I was more alert, I think, you know, more... Mm -hmm sharp you know mentally to just okay there is something that is is making me almost fall but i can react super quickly because i, I i'm there i'm in it yeah. uh, more than i i had ever been that's cool um so i i skied so well and well so well i for you know i was happy with what how i did in the in the prelims um and yeah i did four at, at ten and uh no, hold on you did four at 39 in the prelims yeah. Whoa. Big yeah. score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, I was very happy and I cut to, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And then um, Regina goes and does three. Mm -hmm. So I was last of the dock. Top seed. Yeah. Um, it was my birthday. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I, you know, skied well in the prelims of world and, you know, I'm top seed and, and so very happy. But then I'm, at the same time, I was like, well, doesn't it's not very cool to be world champion of prelims you yeah, know exactly, so yeah. you've got not you've done nothing really it's really yeah. cool okay be happy but you've done nothing you've done nothing except making it to the finals yeah um so very quickly i just you know tried to understand that i was gonna have a lot of stress because i was gonna be last of the dock you know for the finals um and i had done something that was really good already what were the chances that I would do it twice in a row, you know, with right. Regina and Whitney and every other girl there that were, you know, so strong. Um, so it was a lot of, okay, don't freak out. It's, it's the way it is. Um, and just trying to keep going to the gym and pr keep pre prepping myself the way I, I had been doing it for, for the month and staying super focused. And... Uh, and yeah, and then it, then the day of of the finals, it was. I have never been that focused in my life. Wow. I, Gina, you know, she's my really really good friend. Um, I was, I was close to the dock, um, checking my screws, checking my ski and everything. She comes and she says hi. I did not see her. I did not 
I did not answer. She had to tap my shoulder and be like, oh, hey, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm here. Look at me. I'm here. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was on, a, on another planet. I was super focused um, and I felt ready. I just I had never had that feeling, you know, before any other tournament or any other time in my life. I was just not scared, not stressed, like just 100 percent, you know, to what I was doing. Um and yeah, so I it times you know time to ski and I go I do my first pass, after my first pass I'm like well he did better than you know in 2017 at least there's <laughs> that you know you yeah. didn't fall on your first buoy yet on the finals, so I was like okay well at least that's fine <laughs> <laughs> right right and then uh, then you know uh, so I started at 14 13 12 um, right before 11. I I'm in the water and I'm like look around it's it's cool like it could be the last you know it could be an important memory for you just yeah. you know it's it's a big deal and so I I have that picture in my mind now that when I was sitting in the water before going to eleven and you know I Regina had done three at ten uh, seven so it was a big score yeah um I was like all right just breathe in and make you know take time to remember this. And so I went, I did my 11. Um, I mean, I was skiing. I was not skiing well. I, it was not pretty. It was just, I had my arms and I was strong and I was, I, I felt balanced and I felt efficient and in rhythm, but it was not pretty. You know, yeah. if I, if my head was going, it was fine. I, I was just, you know, pulling and, and I ran some 11s, you know, between the finals and and the prelims that were just horrible. I don't know how I, I ran them, but I did. I just, I had that, you know, um, motivation in me, I guess. And, and then we get to, uh, I get to do 10. My one is not that great. Um, so I'm like, okay, don't panic, you know, just take it easy at two. And so I don't return to, like, well, you should have panicked a bit more here. <laughs> and so I pull, I, in, I think I would have never gone around three if, you know, any other day in my life. It was, yeah. And I just gave everything I had, got around three. My arm just like got stuck in the water and my shoulders just got pulled back and, and I just hold on to the, to the slack. And I was like, okay, okay, run off. All right. And, <laughs> you know, you're just like, I, I felt like a, I wasn't myself. I was just super, super focused. That's... That was the main thing that about, about those worlds. And that's the main you know, between the physical strength that I had thanks to the fact that I had been injured right before and and just the mindset that I was on, it was cool. It, it was very cool. It's something that I'll always remember for sure because it was very different from anything else. Yeah, no, I mean, like, to me, it sounds like, the, of course, physically ready. Uh, well, also technically, I mean, you said that surprisingly that month where you were just sort of trying to get ready for Worlds with a back injury, you also had some of the best king in your life um the and, and the focus obviously the mental side was strong and together with that this positive attitude like i mean you you were looking at the course and at the lake before thir 38 and you were like you took a second to embrace it mm -hmm. right so that's that's very i mean that's unbelievable you know it was cool. I mean, I think it's probably going to be one of the best moments of my life. You know, if you ask me in however many years, uh, it was, it was so cool. I, I don't even have words because after that, I was just on the cloud for, you know, weeks. Well, and then, you know, 
I'm I'm planning on keeping this podcast going for for years to come. So maybe in 2027 <laughs> we will ask you again. You know. <laughs> so what's the best time of your life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, Bond, like three or thirty-nine. There's a runoff to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's where I think all of the gym helped a lot because uh-huh. I felt like I was you know I, I went back to the dock, super focused, no emotion, nothing. I was just you know doing a walk up and down the dock just resting my legs and trying to you know how when you're trying to recover from a, a series in at the gym or whatever yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. just like recovering recovering staying focused and up and downs on the dock and waiting for them to tell us who was gonna go first and and regina's first and she goes she runs 11 and you know i okay and i before the tournament anyways i had him before the finals i had imagined that she was gonna run 10 you know mm-hmm. i was like i feel like it's it's doable i because i had done four so i mean if i can do four she can definitely run it so right. i had imagined myself that she would put a huge core in front of me and that it wasn't gonna you know hurt me or or freak me out i was just gonna go and and do it too you know yeah. i was like okay i'm ready um and so she goes and she she runs 11 and she goes around one and from where i'm standing i have you know she goes maybe around two or maybe not i had no idea because i i my eyes don't see that far so you know i see her as turn at two and and um the boat comes back and i'm like i'm not leaving until you tell me that it's 100 percent sure you know the it's score two. it's two yeah two or one uh, i want to know and so they tell me one they say yeah we re- reviewed it 100 percent score one, one official score so I'm like, okay, all right. And I go, I run <laughs> an 11 um, on the webcast that I watched after that. There, the, the commentators were saying that it was, I can't remember the word they used, but it was a, a miracle that I ran it. <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, just rough, but not, you know, not letting go. So I ran my 11 and then... What uh, was, sorry, let's stay there. Yeah, probably was, you said you weren't running the grade of 11s. But what was your mind into that 11? Did you have any doubt or were you like, I'm going to run this? I was not, yeah, I was not even thinking about it. I, I was, yeah, it was just something that I had to do. And I knew I was strong and I knew that if I was making mistakes, I would catch up. That, that was, I was not saying that I was going to do it and that it was going to be easy. But I, was, I knew that I was not going to let go of anything. And I felt strong. So yeah. I could have, you know... If you had asked me before, I wouldn't have told you, yeah, I'm running it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, because I wasn't even thinking about it, really. I was just, it was not, it, I wasn't questioning the fact that I was going to do it or not. I was just like, you go and you do what you have to do and you don't let go and it's going to be hard. But, right, right. you know, you, you react quick and, and you've done it before and you can do it and, and that's it. So, um, so yeah, I ran that 11. Oh, and you know when you when you know because no one it turns out that no one else knew that the the final score was one on the shore but when you know that you you're one buoy away from being a world champion you're in the water like okay, don't freak out don't mess anything up stay focused so i was my hands were starting i remember my, my hands were starting to burn a little yeah i was like that's fine. Doesn't matter. They can burn as much as they want. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not letting, letting go. go. I'm not letting go. And so I I go, um, and one was actually pretty good, and 
once I realized, you know, that I've turned one and I know I'm going to go around two, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> so I go, I, I, I see my ski, I see my ski going around two and I'm like, oh my God, okay, that's it. I've, I've done it. And I almost didn't even pay attention to go back to the, to the, to the wakes just because I was like, oh my God, best moment of ever. my life ever. You know, like I, I did what I, what I had to do. And, and so I celebrate like crazy and, and, it was it was insane to me it was um well the first time i've ever been proud of myself really really yeah 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 i, I something that i was pretty proud of was you know san gervasio 2016 with the with the board ski yeah but that feeling of that feeling at worlds i had never felt it before for sure it was it yeah pride and and knowing that i had worked so hard and done you know everything as well as i could do and then um won you know the prelims and then and then the finals after and not having freaked out and you know what i've been talking about for a little while now just like the physical the mental and the technical at the same time and and controlling all of that and stuff and it was just oh it felt you know like such a I, I want to say the, the yeah the just the, the best reward that I could have ever had you know from yeah. from all of that no for sure so. and and I think high performance obviously it's made of all those things together and it's so hard to manage them right like uh, you you know nutrition physical technical a bit of strategy right I started at twenty eight or thirty two like uh, how's the boat feeling mental side. Uh, there's so many things that come into making the performance work and I can see like you know you had some you had some um, some injury you had to take care of right like so uh, hardship into it like a month or two into it like I can see why I don't I don't know maybe it's even more than pride you know like it's pride mm-hmm. but also like uh, it's pure satisfaction satisfaction right? like yeah yeah, happy to, because it was, there was a goal. Um, I usually don't really go to tournaments, you know, and, and my, my goal at that tournament was, okay, you've never had a medal at World in Slalom. You've, you've done really well in many tournaments, but I had ah, never had a medal. You never had so a medal like, before that, okay. Yeah, I was, I, my goal was to get a medal, but I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going there to win. I, you know, Regina is Regina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I wasn't setting goals that would, that yeah I, i'm not really being into setting goals so i went there not really thinking about it that way but then after prelims my goal definitely went to okay you need to do that again and you need to win it's possible so knowing that i dealt with it the right way so that i actually mm-hmm. you know um, made it then that was a really that that was that it, it was just a mix of of emotions you know of yeah pride uh, satisfaction and then you know there was roller coasters because i thought i had win and then i get back to the dock and they tell me oh she's actually maybe maybe she's done too like uh, what <laughs> <laughs> what no <laughs> um so yeah it was just so many emotions and then you just feel like every every effort that you've done for your whole career not just like the the past two months you know the past right. two months were hardcore and you know proper training for that point but everything that you've done before it makes sense just yeah. because you ended up doing you know 
getting to i think to me it's the it's the it's the best result that i think i can ever have you know world champion yeah world champion mm -hmm. um yeah and i think you said i don't mean to correct you at all but like it seems to me like yeah maybe you didn't have a, a goal set of like i want to win or i want a medal but you certainly for you to be that focused you must have had some kind of maybe technical goal or a goal of where to put your attention yes some objective for sure uh but i think my objective and it's the way i i do it for all of the tournaments it's it was more about i want to do well there but it wasn't you know i want to do as well as i can be, as i can mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. it, it, it's not i don't really spend time thinking about those objectives and so maybe you know if you had sat me down and told me okay what's your goal for worlds what do you want to do I would have been scared to say, I would have been scared to say that I want to win because I don't want to be, you know, disappointed if I if I don't. Yeah. And and what I really wanted was a medal, that's for sure. Yeah. But what I for sure wanted to do is be as ready as I could to be as many people as I could and and ski as well as I could. Yeah. That was the the main. You know, I'm not saying that I wasn't I wasn't motivated. You know, I, no, no, I was course. definitely motivated. Uh, but the goal was yeah to push myself as hard as i could to reach you know the level as you know as high of a, of a level that i could reach um yeah fantastic well i say why do you say we take a break and when we come back i want to hear more what's after because you said yeah you won the the best tournament there is i'd be curious to hear you know What's after that? And then we'll we'll talk about the 2020 season and some other stuff. What do you say? Yeah, sounds good. Sweet. Sounds good. Thank you. 